if you could do me a favor, you know, if you ain't that busy, if you could throw us down a couple blessings, you know, like one that I don't mess up being a manager. Uh, we're just three cats and never played a single snap. Here to tell you how to draft when the ship and run it back. The stats ain't tell the story, this is the story of the stats. You can stick it to your friends, what's more glorious than that? We're victorious in rap, bringing wrath to our rivals. We're here to shun the stats, laugh, and lead you all the titles. Stick to the path and follow us disciples. The only sin is math, and all you need is the Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. It's the fantasy. Bible. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Fantasy Bible. I'm Nate Binder here with my co-host Dane. Dane, how are you? Doing excellent. Dane, why don't you introduce our guest today? So we have a very special guest today. Our first guest on the show. We have our reigning league champion, true fantasy football degenerate, Jacob, don't call me Jake McFantasy. Welcome to the show, Jacob. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Excited to be here. Awesome. So today we have for you a early do not draft list, guys that you do not want on your team. We all have, I think, different reasons for justifying why these players shouldn't be drafted. Sometimes it's a value thing. Sometimes it's a situational issue. Um, And we will get into those. But first, Dane, where can people find out about the good word of the Fantasy Bible? You can find us at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter. Things are getting pretty hype up on there. We got some promo videos rolling out after each episode, get you reeled in. So come so come send us a like. Excellent. Um, before we get into the news, Jacob, is there anything you want to say? Anything you want to let the people know just to establish your your ethos, your credibility amongst our listeners? I'll say a little something. Um, I've been playing fantasy for about, you know, six years now. And, you know, I started when I got to college and I was just absolutely trash, just like worst player in the league, but then quickly became very addicted to uh, just the game of fantasy, just kind of like uh, checked all the right boxes for, for my brain. I just, I just love playing fantasy. I was in like seven leagues last year and I loved every second of it. Um, like I, like you guys said, I was able to, to, take home the gold in uh, our league, which felt great because I, it felt like my white whale, you know, like I, I kept doing good in your guys' league and then every year I would just fall short. So now it's like, yeah, perennial contender. Always yeah, the bell, but, but never the ball or whatever that <laughs> phrase is. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic it. <laughs> like, uh, you know, now I can lose for the next 30 years. And if anyone talks shit, I can be like, you know, banners hang forever and legends never die. So. Exactly. And I won in our first year and I have not let that go because like, you know, I have had not had the success since. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and for those that like haven't won, you know, I still have that over them no matter how many times I miss playoffs. All right. Yeah. Um, Dane, do we have any news? We do have some news. So I'll start off with your team, Nathan Eagles. So Nick Sirianni, he refused to name Jalen Hurts as the starting quarterback this week. Does this mean the Eagles are looking at a quarterback in the draft if he falls, maybe? Is Joe Flacco going to start for the Eagles? Does Nick Sirianni play rock, paper, scissors with college prospects as a scouting method? Yes. 
Yes, he does. All right, wait, man, all what right. what is going on, Billy? First <laughs> off, if you had actually watched this press conference, I did watch. Well, that two minute clip. Did you watch the <laughs> clip about him talking about wide wide receivers? No. See, this guy can coach. This guy has conviction. This guy has passion for the game. And the clip, the whole rock, paper, scissors thing was just him giving an example of new ways they're connecting, answering a question about what it's like to scout in a virtual environment. So he was just saying, you know, I, I like to play rock, paper, scissors. All these guys do different things, but we do different things to assess their competitive level. It's not like they have this big board that correlates to the rock, paper, scissors <laughs> record, you know, that Nick Seriani is playing with these prospects and for the Jalen Hurts situation it's kind of like uh you wouldn't say before the draft you wouldn't name your starter because you want people to think that maybe you're in the market for a quarterback it's you know the classic smoke screening but I do also believe that you know they will go like you know years ago um Nick Foles and Mike Vick went into competition at camp and but it was like very clear that Vick was going to be the starter so um I think it's a, a situation similar to that where, yeah, there, it's going to be a competition, but Jalen Hurts is obviously going to start for the Eagles. Um, you know, the owner wants him to start. Uh, yeah. All right. Next news item. Yeah, I'll accept that. Uh, <laughs> so brief note, uh, former Giants running back Wayne Gallman. He played behind Saquon Barkley. He was signed by the 49ers this week. Good luck predicting that backfield. You know, still the status quo. He'll probably get some good plays. He'll, he might have a weak winning game, but you'll never know when it's going to happen. And uh, some news about Devontae Smith, Heisman winner, top wide receiver prospect in this year's draft class. He opted not to have measurements taken at his pro day a few weeks ago because there was a gentle breeze and he was worried about blowing away on the scale. Can't fault him there. But now we know he's six feet tall, weighs 166 pounds. There's a lot of speculation that his size will hinder his ability to be a star in the NFL. But it's, his talent is undeniable and this might turn off some teams from drafting him. We might see him fall a little bit. Say I if you outweigh Devonta Smith. I. I. Yeah, I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> but I'm uh, like two inches shorter. So. Right. Yeah. So this dude, yeah, I like, then I'm probably like thicker than him as well, you know? Which is crazy. I would right? say so. Yeah. Yeah. Wild stuff. So also we've got Mike Tomlin signs a three-year extension as head coach of the Steelers. He's never had a losing record since he joined that team in 2007. And after going 11-0 to start last year, the Steelers looked pretty shaky down the stretch. The wheels might be falling off for Pittsburgh pretty soon. But the organization trusts Tomlin regardless, as they damn well should. He's a fine coach. All players say they love playing for him. So glad to see that he is locked and loaded for years to come, no matter what happens there. Yeah, I love Mike Tomlin. Yeah. We've got Jordan Reed, Pro Bowl tight end, retires this week. He really puts the TE in CTE as he had doc seven documented concussions in his career. He came into the NFL as a top talent. Unfortunately, injuries plagued his career. We probably never even got to see him at his ceiling. But I'm glad he took a health-first approach because he was taking some real shots, real nasty one in 2019 preseason that, you know, he says he still feels the effects from that. And that's pretty scary. So good on Yeah, him. that story was terrifying. I know. Good good on him. Cash out. You know, nobody nobody can blame him. So I'm glad he, he took that approach. So. Cash out. The dude, the dude is a shell of a human. <laughs> like, he should have cashed out years ago. Like, yeah. just, the, the, just like the lingering effects in that headline is terrifying to me. Um, and uh, but did you see, did you do you have a news item about the new helmets? I do not have a news item about that. That is something, yeah, we can throw in here. Yeah, there are going to be position based helmets 
released by the NFL. I think they're only going to do lineman helmets this year because they're still working on, well, maybe they'll have it in time, but they're still working on quarterback helmets because something about a new communication system in the helmet that NFL was releasing. But, but that's at least, you know, making some headway in the <laughs> concussion field. And that was a pretty good pun, right? Anyways. Uh, well, the funniest thing about that is like, like I'm just imagining like, you know, the offensive lineman helmets are just going to be like, like yeah. mass. <laughs> like, what does position specific mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't, we'll see. It, they'll probably look a little absurd at first, and then we'll get used to it and pretend like there was never a change at all. But sounds about right. So, in a similar note to retirement, we've got Alex Smith retired about a week ago. He was comeback player of the year last year. It was amazing to watch him make that comeback. I think he had 17 surgeries. They were saying he's going to lose his leg. Uh, about two years later, he made his resurgence. He helped lead the Washington football team to their conference title. And that's pretty exciting. So, you know, thanks, Alex Smith. You did a great job mentoring Patrick Mahomes <laughs> uh, from the Kansas City Chiefs. And you, you were not going to play him for fantasy anyway, but worth noting that he's retiring and will move on. And it was also announced big news on 420 that NFL players can now smoke weed, burn tree, blaze up, or whatever the kids are calling it nowadays. And this is probably coming no matter what. We're about to see an offensive explosion, the likes of which the league (laughs) has never seen. Players are going to be medicating. They're not going to be feeling a thing. They're going to be forming at a level so high, you might say, that the uh, we're going to break some records this year. Yeah, not only that, but 17-game season. So, you know, pad the stats. Let's go. All-time yeah. records coming. All-time We're thinking uh, uh, Ricky Williams' return to the NFL is on the table <laughs> I think at, at the very least, the XFL. Yeah, at the, at the very least, Laramie Tunsil is a gas. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, if this happened three years sooner, man. <laughs> We're going to see that on the sidelines. He's going to go into the gas phone tent, uh, the yeah. gas mask tent. Yeah. It's the, instead of the oxygen masks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So that's all I got for news. If you guys have any other tidbits to add, but I think that pretty much covers it. Kind of a slow news week. Yeah, not much going on, but, uh, you know, draft coming next week. Next week, I think we're going to do a... Uh, like a first round reaction to the draft. We're going to record on a Friday instead of our typical Thursday recording. Um, and that'll be fun. Uh, we'll probably have more news for you, of course, after the draft based on, you know, Devonta Smith falling to the Eagles and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I think that will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then of course, them passing on him to pick an offensive lineman. All right. <laughs> Let's get into these do not draft lists. Let's go. Um, so before we get into this, what like what qualifiers were you guys using when you kind of went through uh, and, and put these lists together? For the most part, I went by players that I had ranked far lower than the expert consensus, but there are a couple personal grudges in there, as any as any healthy fantasy player would include in theirs. What about you, Jacob? Yeah, I, I thought about it the same way you did, Dane. Basically, just like value relative to ADP. And then a couple, like, just true, like, I hate that guy uh, <laughs> kind of players in that. Yeah, you stupid top athlete. Why are you not producing the way <laughs> I think that's fair. I think there are a couple that, like, I truly believe, um, based on the numbers in hand, that it's not going to happen. But a lot of these are just kind of, like, value relative or just gut feelings on players I dislike. Um, 
All right, so we're gonna we're not gonna go in any specific order here. We're just gonna name some players. We'll probably do a formal do not draft list sometime in like July. But way, this is just way more relevant. Yeah, <laughs> fair point. All right, I'm gonna start off uh, with the wide receiver position because this is the uh, strongest argument I have for a player, and that is wide receiver Kenny Galladay. Um, do either of you guys have Kenny Galladay on your lists? I do. You sniped me. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. We'll talk about it. Yeah, that's why I that's the that I figured you might have based yeah. on your experience of Kenny Galladay. Um, so quick summary of the Kenny Galladay situation. Kenny Galladay used to be on the Lions, of course. Now he plays for the Daniel Jones led Giants. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I don't really trust the uh, QB play in New York. And I think, uh, you know, I don't think Kenny G is like an elite player. Um, he's coming off injury as well. Uh, Daniel Jones threw 11 touchdowns last year, and here's where things get interesting. So Daniel Jones last year had 448 pass attempts, ran into some numbers. The lowest Matt Stafford has ever had in a healthy 16-game season, 555. So that's about 100 more pass attempts. Uh, he actually averages closer to 600 in a 16-game se- season. Now, Kenny Galladay's average catch rate is 62.5%. Now, if you were to go to see where that ranks amongst qualifying players, I don't know because it's below the top 100 that yeah. my list goes to. The, the, the It drops off at around 65%. So that's not to say that Kenny Galladay is a bad player. He's a contested can catch high volume receiver that played in a high volume offense um, that didn't never had a good defense and never had to play ball control because they were constantly just fighting back. Whereas the Giants, they're going to have a, a solid defense. They finished off the year strong. Um, they've added to the ball, uh, that side of the ball. I, I think we're going to see good things. And their offense, I don't think Daniel Jones is good, um, but they're going to, they have Saquon Barkley. They have a back that they can feed to control, you know, the pace of the game. And also they have like a, fuck ton of other receivers um so detroit i think like it was like in 12th and pass attempts averaging giants uh were like 26 last year i don't know i just don't see it for for kenny g just based on like the role he's played in an offense before and the role he's going to play in the giants offense thoughts gentlemen yeah you you nailed it he was he was pretty high on my uh list as far as like how sure i am that i don't want him on my team uh right now adp he's wide receiver 19 i have him closer to 29 like i just don't see it panning out i mean the giants have a quarterback that they found at the bottom of the dvd bin at walmart like come on daniel jones is not (laughs) an nfl quarterback we won't see him much after this year that's that's just truth he he had 11 touchdowns last year he played 14 games and he had under 3,000 yards yeah okay okay, you can make an excuse the o-line is bad sure and he didn't have saquon as a safety valve sure but no other quarterback is playing at that level and starting for an NFL team. Like I'm just not excited about Kenny Galladay signing there. And yeah, he is a good talent, but he's not like a game breaker. He's not somebody who's just going to, you know, bust wide open in coverage. He is a contested catcher and I don't trust Daniel Jones to make those throws. And yeah, I'm hating a lot on Daniel Jones, but there's got to be something good for him. Right. He did finish top five in a couple categories and they were most sacks allowed and worst completion percentage. So, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> all right, Daniel. I uh, sorry I sniped Kenny Galladay with us, but you want to hit us with your next player? Yeah, that's all right. Um, so I I have another f- 
well, Kenny Galladay, no longer a Lions player, but I do have another current Lions player. And I don't think it's groundbreaking news, but I want to make my opinion clear. Swift is very talented. I'm talking about DeAndre Swift running back for the Lions, but the Lions are just going to absolutely suck this year. They're a franchise in full rebuild. Their offensive line is terrible. They'll be playing from behind a lot. And Jared Goff is going to struggle to move the ball without any top weapons on this offense right now. And that does not bode well for Swift's touches or his scoring opportunities. And they have Jamal Williams as a complimentary back. He's not a joke. He's going to be on the field. He's going to be getting 10, maybe 12 touches a game. He's going to spell him as a third down catch passing back. And uh, Swift's ADP right now is running back 15. I have him at running back 20. And so for that reason, I'm probably not going to be able to draft him. And that's okay. What do you think, Jacob? I kind of like Swift. That's a fair point. I, I too have Swift a little bit lower than they currently have him ranked. Um, basically, I have, I have all of the same concerns. I also kind of have durability concerns about Swift. Seems like a little injury prone to me. But um, at the same time, the dude is electric. And like yes. you can't deny the talent there. And sometimes even like, even though a team's trash, you find that one player who can still like give you value just based off volume if they decide to start feeding him. Who knows what could happen? Yeah, that, that makes sense. You, uh, James Robinson comes to mind in that kind of archetype. Yeah. And Swift, Swift is, is like a, go ahead. Yeah. Swift is probably more talented than James Robinson. So I can see it happening. I'm just not willing to bet on it. Yeah. I would say it's like a situational pet player. Like if he falls in your league, I would, I would definitely take him, but he's not someone I would ever, he's not someone I reach to get on my team. Right. I agree with that. Jacob, what are you thinking? Who, who are you not drafting this year? Uh, should, should I start with something like a little more straightforward or something like contentious? Should give I develop us, give us some something like saucy. credibility? Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're boring the people. Give us, give us <laughs> something good. Okay, my uh, this is maybe this is probably my most ridiculous choice here, but I'm going to go with Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey on the do not draft list. I want nothing to do with Travis Kelsey at his current ADP. So they, they, we currently have Travis Kelsey's 13th on Fantasy Pros, right? But from everything that I've read on like forums and from what I've heard from people I know, he's going in the first round of your fantasy draft in any league that you're in. And if you're going to tell me that Travis Kelsey or any tight end ever is worth that kind of draft capital, I would just disagree with you. And it's, it's like the same. Um, basically, it goes back to the commandments of, of drafting that you guys talked about. I mean, how could you value Travis Kelsey over a top tier running back? Also, the dude is getting older, and at some point, he's going to fall off. He literally broke a record for receiving yards for a tight end last year. I don't expect him to match that this year. Everything about him, I just think he's going to get overdrafted. I, I have him closer towards, like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe like 17th, 18th overall, somewhere around there. And I just feel like in any league that I'm in, he's going to be gone in the first 10 picks, and it could not be me drafting him that high. Hmm. I would disagree only, well, I don't know if I would disagree, but if I, if like, I don't like how the board plays out and I'm at the turn and I can get him at the turn and I can get a top, you know, the best running back I can get and I can lock down the only tight end who is like scoring X receiver numbers, you know, cause he, he is like their number one receiver, you know, in mm-hmm. a manner of speaking, like at least positionally, like Tyreek Hill, mostly plays in the Z. So it's like he's playing in that X slot. He doesn't do like a lot of blocking. Um, but at the same time, 
would I take or would I take a receiver that high over a top running back? No, I probably wouldn't. So I don't know. It's it's an interesting argument. He I, I've heard the quote that like uh, Travis Kelsey is the only player in the league that gets better every year. And if, like from a numbers perspective, that is true. Um, but can't yeah. happen forever. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's got to regress eventually. Also, like my my whole argument is based on this assumption that I have that he will get drafted higher than his ADP is currently like saying he will. Mm-hmm. I just know that uh, just knowing the people that I play with, I, I just know Travis Kelsey. He's going to go in like seventh overall. I was about to say I've seen him go seventh, eighth in mock drafts, and to me that's exactly. that is absurd. That but if like I would only take yeah. him if I could get him second round, first pick, or second pick, or something like that. And I I think that's like fair enough. I just think he'll be gone before that. But if he's there on in the turn, I could see I could I could see the argument for it. Yeah, and and you know a lot of people chase what they saw happen the year before, of course, and not that that's any great revelation or anything like that, but he could definitely be a big victim of that. Yeah. I like that pick. I briefly considered him, but I didn't, I didn't want to make the case, but he is probably going to be overdrafted in a lot of leagues and yeah, you'll see him go earlier than he should. And you are drafting him for that positional advantage, which is hard to find a tight end. There's only a couple guys that can offer you that. So I understand why somebody might do that, but they're going to be hurting for RBs later in the season. And I'm not about it. There's just so much more value trying to get that diamond in the rough in round 10 plus. Yeah. Because there's always a tight end from there who way out the corner. Yeah. Who flies up. Yeah. And, and like, as we've pointed out, like it's Travis Kelsey, Kittle and like half of Waller. And then it's like a huge gap. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Even with like Mark Andrews. All right. Anyway. Uh, moving on from not to shit on Travis Kelsey because he's amazing to watch. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, all right. So let me take you guys in a time capsule back to 2020, uh, early so 2020. Ago, dude. Hold on. I can't remember 2020. It's after the 2019 season, maybe. Oh, okay. I yeah. Got you. Keep going. And we're thinking about like running backs we want to target. And we're thinking about an ascending player. Uh, on a team with a strong offensive line, a good quarterback, an offensive-minded head coach who showed great potential in the latter half of his rookie season. You know who we'd be talking about? We'd be talking about Miles Sanders. You know who that player is this year? It's Jonathan Taylor. He's the exact. It's, he's in the exact same situation. Not only is he in the exact same situation, he has the exact same quarterback who couldn't hit a check down for the life of him. Now, I know like people think... Frank Reich is going to sprinkle some special sauce on Carson Wentz's broken brain and turn him into a good quarterback again. But odds are it's not going to happen. So uh, Jonathan Taylor, while he did come on strong after a rough first half of the year, um, I believe he was like third in rushing yards or uh, maybe total yards or something like that. I don't have the exact numbers. Um, But here's the thing about Jonathan Taylor. Uh, he's going like in the five to eight range, which is crazy to me. He had 926 rush attempts for 62. He had an NFL career in college. He had, and so he's like, wear and tear is a real thing. So this guy's second year is like most guys like fourth or fifth year. Um, just a couple of running backs. I think I would take instead of Jonathan Taylor. Um, obviously Dalvin, Christian, Derek, Alvin, but also Aaron Jones, 
Nick Chubb, Ezekiel Elliott, Antonio Gibson, Saquon Barkley, um, maybe James Robinson. I would probably even take consider taking Devonta Adams or Tyreek Hill over him. So uh, that's my Jonathan Taylor take. Jonathan Taylor, fairly high on my do not draft list. I think that uh, going six overall is insane. It's it's truly insane. Like this guy, I watched a lot of Jonathan Taylor last year because yeah, I had him in multiple yeah. leagues. I was a I was a true Jonathan Taylor believer. He does not see holes. No, he literally runs into the back of his lineman more times than I can count. Frank Reich is not afraid to ride the hot hand, and we have Marlon Mack coming back, who's better than any like of those other guys who would usurp Jonathan Taylor on any given game last year. And is not he? I just don't trust. The team? Yeah, he is the pass catching back, like who gets that, you know, the pat, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he doesn't even have that. He's it's, we were talking about Kenny Galladay. It's almost like he's like similar, like he's a volume rusher and not like a, an efficiency rusher, like a, like a Camara or, or a Barkley. Yeah. I like that take a lot. Yeah. I don't understand how people could be so high on him. It's like, they're not looking at the depth chart. Like we saw what happened, like you're saying, Frank, right. Uh, riding the hot hand, like they script Naheem Hines in the red zone. He got, he had a two touchdown game. He did two front flips in the end zone in the same game. They ran like the same route and you know, you're just capping his ceiling. There's no way that Jonathan Taylor finishes as a top eight running back. He might be top 12, but I'm not drafting him top eight. No way. I'm ahead of the likes of like Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. It's just absurd. Yeah. Really absurd. Yeah. How can you make the case for Jonathan Taylor over someone like Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb? I agree. And people just, I don't think they're factoring the Carson Wentz of it all into this. <laughs> this dude's got maybe, an anchor. Maybe bias. Maybe bias. <laughs> the worst quarterback in the league, you know, who betrayed an entire city of fans who loved him. All right. Uh, Dane, hit us with your next fella. All right. So let's see. Where do I want to go with this one? Do I want to go personal vendetta or something a little more analytical? Um no, we'll go analytical for now. I'll save the hype for later. So I'm going to say this guy's a trap, and his name is Jalen Hurts, quarterback, currently, currently a starter for the Philadelphia Eagles, we think. He's a trap, man. You're thinking this guy has rushing ability. He could be the next Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray, and I'm getting him so much later in the draft. No, you're wrong. You're getting a quarterback who can't even hit a 60% completion rate on an offense who's a lock for bottom five in the league alongside teams like the Lions and Texans. The Eagles are not going to be able to stay on the field, and I don't think Hurts will be the starter for the whole year, if I'm being honest. I have Hertz as my quarterback 15 behind Matt Ryan. He's cur- currently quarterback nine. And I hope I didn't offend you too much, Nathan, but that, that is just my honest feeling about the Philadelphia offense right now. I pray that uh, Zach uh, or that uh, Jalen Hurts falls in the draft and I, I, that I can get him because there's a couple, like, you know, uh, the, you know, the Houston Texans were one of the worst teams in football. You still wanted Deshaun Watson. Like, I don't disagree that the Eagles are going to be a bottom quarter of the league team, but I think you can still have like a bunch of garbage offensive production. Like, and if we've seen Nick Sirianni, like skill set, it, it is to be able to get like the most out of whatever player he's dealt, whether that's Jacoby Brissett or Phillip Rivers. Um, I also think that a huge factor that played into how bad the Eagles were last year, aside from Carson's regression, was the offensive line. Now, if the offensive line is is healthy, um, it's a top five unit. If it's not healthy, you know, who knows what's going to happen. They were still top 
half of the year like averaged out, but they weren't like a, a cohesive unit that you could actually run complicated pulls and hitches and uh, traps and all that kind of stuff. So um, I don't know. I, 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 I'm kind of like as a value pick, I, I would like Jalen Hurts on my team a lot. If I can get him late in the draft, I'm okay with that. But you're going to be having to draft him in probably round seven or eight, and I don't think he's worth that. Like, the reason you have the rushing upside is the only reason he's even considered as like a starting quarterback for fantasy next year. And I just haven't seen anything from him passing the ball that makes me want to roster him. Like, it's kind of like how Lamar Jackson lulled in the middle of the season, and people were just looking to sell him. Like, he he wasn't putting up numbers, even though he still had the rushing upside. He was having you know 55% completion rate games, and that's about where Jalen Hurts is at. So I I just don't think he will be anywhere near consistent, and people will not like that. That's fair. I mean, I would I would take Matt Stafford like over Jalen Hurts, but I think he's like the yeah. only other quarterback in that range that appeals to yeah. me i do have matt stafford tom brady over jalen hurts even joe burrow what about you Jake, Jacob? how do you feel about that? tom brady over jalen hurts that, that's wrong yeah I, I mean that's crazy to me but yeah uh, we'll see <laughs> i think um jalen hurts is a little little too rich for my blood at like mid seventh round which is what they have him going right now but I'm not opposed to having him on my team. I would just need to get him later than that. If, if he's hanging around in like the ninth round, I'd probably go ahead and pick him up. What if yeah. the Eagles draft Devonta Smith? I don't think that changes my opinion of Hurts too much. Like like I like Dane was saying. I mean, you're really drafting him because of his like the rushing upside. I don't think he's great throwing the ball. I don't think like Devonta Smith would change that all that much. You guys are discounting slants and screens, man. Easy production. Yeah, I I could be eating my words uh, halfway through the season, but I, you know, you do have that rushing floor, so he's probably not going to bust a lot, but I I think there are later quarterbacks you can get that will serve you better for the whole season. Fair enough. All right, Jacob, who you got? One last note about Hurts. Like, I, I just think you can get way better value, like, taking a shot on a wide receiver in the seventh round than drafting Jalen Hurts. When a player like Stafford is going to be available, like I think he's available close, closer to the 10th round. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I would wait and try and grab Stafford. And I would reach up for Stafford, I think, before, you know, taking Hurts if I thought Hurts wasn't going to fall. But um, everyone in our league thinks the Eagles are garbage. So, like, <laughs> i the Eagles. I'm a, I'm a Dolphin fan. You guys are better than us, I think, just overall in history. Oh, in history, yeah, in not history. this year. <laughs> Perhaps, maybe not the '72 Dolphins, but uh... <laughs> all right, Jacob. Well, who's your next guy on your do not draft list? The only guy on my do not draft list. I yeah, this is the only guy who I, I just flat out won't be drafting. It doesn't matter if he falls. <laughs> I'm just not taking him. There's just no I, – I could never do it. I couldn't live with myself. I couldn't sleep at night. Joe Mixon. Ooh. Uh, yeah, Joe Mixon is my second running back. Yeah. Okay. Joe Mixon is – Zach Taylor is a psychopath. Zach, Zach Taylor, Taylor is a boy. terrible coach. Yeah. <laughs> He's truly a, a crazy person. Like, he would never put him on IR. He just, like it, – it's unbelievable. Like, having Joe Mixon last year was the most upsetting thing of all time. The offensive line is trash. I hear all these reports that like they're not even going to address the line in the the draft, which I hope those are smoke screens because if they don't, that's just insane. 
with Joe Burrow coming off that like brutal knee injury. And then I, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't, I don't like him. It's a personal vendetta situation. I know he's super talented, but every single year it's the same thing. Like, Oh, this is Joe Mixon's year. And the case for him always makes sense. I just, I'm just not a believer. Well, like when Burrow was healthy, take. when Burrow was healthy and Mixon were healthy at the same time, it, like it, Mixon wasn't even good, you know? So it's not even like, the best case scenario you're hoping for. Also, I like, I think they're probably going to take Jamar Chase. Um, so they're not going to address the line. I think taking Chase is a great idea. Personally, I've come around fully on it. And I think you can find, like they have Riley Reef tackled. You can find guards later down your draft board. They're picking high in the second round. How often do you get a chance to re- reunite you know, a duo that broke records together. They are, they, it's pre-built chemistry. Is this a fairy tale right now? I'm just saying it's, they it's have a good receiving core. I don't, I just don't see why that would, they have an okay receiving core. Oh, they've got know, a slot they and they've got like a decent X receiver in T Higgins. Um, I don't know. I like, I think, I think, of a, you know, Penny Sewell has short arms. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. That other guy. Um, Rashawn I hearing, I, yeah, I, I'm hearing now um, that teams are considering taking him as the first uh, tackle off the board. Yeah, it's definitely possible. Um, he's like definitely more pro ready. He's got like all the technique. He's smaller. He's not like a, like I've heard uh, what you would call it. Sewell is described as a dancing bear. Um, the, the, the knock on Slater is that he might not like be, strong enough to play left tackle he might be a uh, guard or a right tackle which you know are lower valued obviously defensive positions um but yeah i could i bet on him being the first tackle off the board because of his pro readiness and because of sewell's tiny arms greetings potential podcast advertiser if you're looking to connect with a mostly male demographic ranging from ages 18 to 45 Look no further than the Fantasy Bible Podcast. Let our sonorous tones take your product to the next level. If you're interested in getting in on the ground floor of the future of fantasy podcasting, contact us at fantasybiblepod at gmail.com. You will not regret it. And we're back. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Bible. Follow us at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right. Continuing on with the do not draft list. Next up on my list, Alan Robinson. Okay. Um, um, okay. Now, go, go for it. Pitcher case. Pitcher case, Nathan. All right. Now, this could change depending on what happens in the draft. Um, you know, if they draft Mac Jones... I would be more interested in Alan Robinson. Um, but here's the thing. The shell of the red rocket is not, I mean, like, what are we doing here? Like this dude is like, I think Mitch Trubisky is probably better than Andy Dalton at this point in his career. Um, like, and uh, just a, a, a few, only a few other stats to back this up. Uh, Andy Dalton averaged 6.5 yards per attempt last year on a loaded offense That's with like out. three of the best receivers in the, in the league on one unit, you know, or yeah. at least the best receiving core in the unit is a better way to say that um, a, a good offensive line. I don't know if Mike McCarthy is a, a genius, but I think he's probably a better uh, 
play caller than Matt Nagy, um, who is is terrible. Um, and Matt Nagy has no idea to get the best out of the personnel he has. So I don't expect like that offense to be like tailored to whatever the hell Andy Dalton's skill set is at this point in his career. Yeah, um, what what is his skill set at this point in his career? I don't know, but I can tell you that uh, now. Obviously, the, these don't, numbers don't have to line up. But last year, Allen Robinson with the combination of Nick Foles and uh, uh, Mitch Trubisky, his average depth of target was twelve and a half yards. Um, so you have a player that's coming in averaging six and a half yards a throw. Yeah, you know those things don't line up. Now Trubisky averaged seven yards a throw, which is not much better, but statistically it is a uh, uh, you know half a yard more is 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 kind of an upgrade if you add it all up across the course of the season. I don't know. I just like I'm not super excited about the Bears' offense. I think Andy Dalton's terrible, and I think Allen Robinson's one of those guys that's like considered quarterback proof, uh, but we know for a fact that's not true because he had a terrible year in Jacksonville when the quarterback play was just God awful there. And I expected to be similarly God awful this year. So I, I draft wide receivers mostly based on who's throwing to them. Um, and yeah, so that that's my take on Allen Robinson. I do want to chime in as an Allen Robinson owner last year. Yeah. I was not impressed with, so, you know, I watched way too many bears games and I'm not proud to say that they were not fun to watch. Um, and I'd say probably like 25% of his production came in the last five minutes of the game when they were just trying to scrape a drive together and they would pepper him with targets. He was getting probably six targets on that one drive. Like the majority of his production was just coming from desperation mode of Mitchell Trubisky and even Nick Foles as well. And I don't, oh man, I don't, yeah, I do not think Andy Dalton is like a certifiably better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. I so the quarterback change does nothing for me. I think Allen Robinson, I project him the same, whether Mitch Trubisky was still there or or not. So I think he's yeah. just going to be like just a tick worse. And could, just a tick be, worse yeah. is not good enough for me for whatever his ADP is. Jacob, you looked uh, surprised to hear Allen Robinson. Yeah, I, I don't I don't agree with this take because first off, I think Andy Dalton is better than Mitch Trubisky. He's still bad, but like Mitch Trubisky is absolutely awful i mean he's truly a terrible quarterback so is nick Col- nick Foles. sorry sorry nathan i know he holds hey he won a super heart. bowl i mean uh, we got it we got it big dick <laughs> coming in off the bench which unfortunately he was not doing but um no i think Allen robinson just based on volume alone and it doesn't matter if you're getting the points in garbage time you're still getting the points and i think yes. that like they have Allen robinson at the 11th best receiver and i generally agree with that i can't like i would take terry over him they have him behind him but no one else i have terry mclaurin above him at my 10 spot uh alan robinson was i think a 12 for me i don't have it in front of me jacob can you name a few receivers that are after alan robinson Chris godwin mike evans amari cooper robert woods dj moore amari cooper and dj moore i would take over alan robinson I don't know about DJ Moore. That? I'd consider. Oh no, DJ Moore is going to be better with Darnold, though. I think he so too. To yeah. yeah. Okay. So you guys will get him before I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm I learning. Think, I think Allen Robinson is maybe being drafted a little bit too high, but it's pretty marginal, like how 
how much higher he's being drafted than he should be. So for me, he's definitely not a do not draft. If he would like, I would take him as my WR2 all day. Yeah, maybe a be wary of. Okay. Set your expectations lower is maybe yeah. a better way to say it. Yeah, I don't think he'll improve this year. He'll probably be about the same. Dan, who's next on your list? All right. <laughs> so we're getting into the personal vendettas. And you probably <laughs> you probably know where I'm going with this, Nathan, as my co-host of this podcast, right? I'm going pretty far down the draft board for this one, but it is personal. So sure, this guy is in a top offense with a top quarterback in a past first scheme but emmanuel sanders better not be on your goddamn (laughs) rosters man this year uh he'll be on the bills josh allen is his quarterback but it will mean nothing for him i've told the tale i'll tell it again last year week two against the raiders a bad defense michael thomas the de facto number one on the saints roster he was out that week the only other receiver that you've even heard his fucking name is traquan smith and emmanuel sanders catches one pass for 18 yards in the entire game. He lost me the week. I'm bitter. He's old. He's washed. If anyone drafts Sanders before Cole Beasley, a reliable running uh, wide receiver on the Bills, you're a tool and you're a shill for big data. So get out of my right. league. Um, Dan, thanks for telling the people not to draft Emmanuel Sanders. They, yeah. <laughs> they get really out need, of here. They need get it. out of here. <laughs> that, that advice was important. Get that's out gonna, of here. That's going to make or break some seasons. <laughs> I had no, no objections to this take. Yeah, no objections so, either. No objections. I just feel so passionately. I think the biggest thing I can say, do not draft him before Cole Beasley. Like, why is he ADP higher than Cole Beasley? No. It, oh, I did not know that. That's insane yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. That, a couple picks, maybe 10 picks, but like, no. No, like, yeah, no, that's not, that's, right. that's absurd. All right. Oh, I, feel, I feel so much better getting that off my chest. <laughs> All right, Jacob, who's, who, who you got? This one's a twofer um, because they are one in the same. I will not be drafting Josh Jacobs or Kenyon Drake. Oh, on my list. I I don't know why I didn't even think of them. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, Josh Jacobs last year had seemingly everything going his way to break out, and it just didn't pan out that way. He was kind of a low-end RB1 generally unimpressive and I think a lot of that has to do with the way that like Gruden involved him in the offense and they just refused to throw in the ball they involved like weirdly would give Devontae Booker like 15 carries a game sometimes I'm totally freaked out about that backfield I want nothing to do with it the O-line's trash the offense is just in general I'm not super impressed by the Raiders I, I have a feeling that Kenyon Drake is going to end up being the goal line guy as well and I, I just feel like you're throwing like just it's just a dart dart throw every week with either one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, how many times has a two man backfield worked for fantasy, like ever? Yeah, I mean, you have the you have the Browns. It does work. The Browns. Um, I feel like the Saints were bordering on it with Ingram and. Uh, oh no, they, that was they had. No, no, they were both like then. yeah, yeah, yeah. That okay, yeah. so that's a good example. Um, that's I feel like um, I can really think of. I could see Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon like both being fantasy relevant this year. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. But I like I don't know the Raiders. They they're just a weird team offensively, and I, I have no interest in either of these guys anymore. Yeah, the big thing that like surprised me about 
not not the Kenyon Drake signing, but why did they get rid of three of their starting offensive starting linemen? Offensive for no reason. They, they had a top 10 offensive line. Why are you getting rid of your offensive advantage? Like that was what made them competitive in the NFL. And what are you doing, John it, Gruden? It didn't seem to be like a cap-related situation. No. Like it sounded like they were like trading Derek Carr to try and bring in Russell Wilson. It was just like, I just don't yeah, we're going to make our team work. <laughs> I don't get it. it they're like, they're like, yeah, we have a strength, and now we don't. <laughs> you know, like John Gruden's just like, I'm gonna, I have a ten-year contract. I'm gonna start playing some Madden with it. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, it was just silly. All right, uh, you know what? You mentioned Emmanuel Sanders, and I don't know if we've uh-huh. uh, mentioned a quarterback yet. Um, have we? Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, right. Uh, Josh Allen uh, is probably someone I will not be drafting. Um, and this is purely value-based in that I am seeing him go uh, as the second quarterback off the board in most situations yeah. in the second or third round. And as you know, based on the uh, Ten Commandments, we don't draft quarterbacks that high. We just don't do it. We find value late. Um, so, you know, it's just like the idea of taking Josh Allen, like in the Mahomes and Jackson range, like I wasn't looking at either of those guys last year either. So uh, also uh, just like statistical trends, QBs kind of have almost the most variance year to year in performance um, out of any position. Uh, and, you know, we've covered it. You can go back to listen to the first uh, podcast, but the difference is not that great, you know, between the value that you can get in much later rounds. So, yeah, uh, Josh Allen, I don't know. The price is too too high for me. And uh, ultimately, like, I like the Bills. I don't think they're, like, one of the best teams in the NFL, though. Okay, so I, I was a Josh Allen owner last season, and I loved it. He finished. But you in, got him in, like, the eighth or ninth round. I got him at the eight, nine turn, and that's exactly what we're telling you not to do is overdraft a quarterback because there will be a quarterback in that round seven to maybe even round 11 range who could finish as a top-five quarterback. Like, the whole point of drafting in fantasy is to pick the values, pick the players who could be a lot better than where you're drafting them. and that's not going to be Josh Allen. Josh Allen. You're drafting him at his ceiling. I did love having him on my roster last year, and I would not be against having him on my roster, but I will not pay a second or third round pick for a quarterback. What do you think? I completely what do you think, agree. I know you're a uh, Josh Stallion fan as much as I am, but. Oh yeah. I, I had Josh Allen in like five of my seven leagues last year, something like that. But I also got him really late in every single draft. He was somebody I was really high on, like relative yeah. to his ADP. But uh, one of my do not drafts, just to like tack on to Nathan's uh, choice here, is just any quarterback before round eight. I don't care who they are. I, I don't see the value in that. And that goes back to uh, the, the commandment that you guys uh, went through in depth. Thank you for being such an avid listener of the podcast, Jacob, that that you are referencing our inaugural episode. That makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. I'm trying to think of any quarterback I would take in round seven. Uh, I think the only one that comes to mind is uh, Dak. Yeah, I think he goes in like round six. He goes earlier than that. Like he's not going to fall that. He's going to be around five or in in our league, uh, at least. Um, So, yeah, no, I'm with you guys there. all right, what do you think? Do we want to give the people one more round or, or are we ready to wrap it up? One more round? All right, let's keep yeah, it going. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Uh, who do I got here? Who do I got? Um, well, Trevor Lawrence. I won't be drafting Trevor Lawrence. I guess I can say that. Um, but he's going to be the best rookie quarterback, Nathan. What are you doing? Yeah. So rookie quarterbacks, like I don't really like to draft them. Period. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's it's the, like the hardest transition to make in the NFL. Um, not to mention, like uh, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's great. He's obviously great. He has all the tools except accuracy. He's not like a pinpoint passer or anything like that. But he uh, ranks number one in screen yards in all of college football. Um, so, like, what's, the, like, the one play that you see failing a lot in the NFL is is kind of the screen pass. So yeah. we can't expect that to happen. Now, I do expect uh, – Urban Meyer to bring some college concepts, some heavy college concepts in to his offense. But like, what's the other thing that doesn't often work out? College <laughs> coaches going to the pros. Uh, I was going to say that. Too. <laughs> yeah. So like, I don't know. I mean, I like, I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to have a good NFL career, but in terms of like the hype on this guy, who's been like a generational prospect dubbed or generational prospect since his freshman year at Clemson, like, it's, it's just going to blow him up way too high. And I think you could probably get him after round eight, but I still wouldn't be looking at him as a QB one on my roster. Yeah. I'd much rather have Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, who's proven they can make it in the NFL yeah. much, much before I would ever consider uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. What do you think, Jacob? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it does depend on where he goes. I have a feeling he'll be a little overdrafted, but if, if he's there really late, I see no harm in just taking flyer on him. But I agree. I don't expect big things out of him year one. Especially, I mean, that team is not good. Yeah, I think yeah. he'll be a, not he'll good be, at all. He'll be a bit like Tua was last year, where somebody on your league is really high on him. They've heard all the buzz. They think they're getting, you know, this savant great value pick late in the draft. And it, there's just like not much confidence, I think, but if I, flag. You, like, I mean, it's probably not people who are listening to like, obscure podcasts like this, but there are leagues where Trevor Lawrence is going in like round four or five. I, I, I guarantee you because. Oh, yeah. All right. We are, uh, we're going to wrap things up today due to some technical difficulties um, with, uh, with uh, our, our good friend, Jacob, our guest has lost his AirPods, but. I think we covered most of the players we wanted to cover. Dan, did you have any other players you wanted to get off your chest just because we're wrapping things up? I did have one tight end, and I do, I do want to use this as a point to make. So TJ Hawkinson. Oh, he was I mean, on my list as well, yeah. Yeah, so let me lay out the difference between Hawkinson, the tight end 5, and Logan Thomas, the tight end 12. In 2020, Hawkinson had 67 receptions for 723 yards, 6 touchdowns. Logan Thomas had 72 receptions for 670 yards and six touchdowns. Hawkinson only had four more fantasy points on the whole year than Logan Thomas. So why is Hawkinson's current ADP have him going in the fourth round and Logan Thomas is in round eight? I'll tell you why. No good fucking reason. So don't draft the tight end in the fourth round when he's identical to the tight end 12 four whole rounds later. Like that's just value lost there. And you're missing out on players like Brandon Ayuk, Deontay Johnson, Kareem Hunt, Will Fuller. Those guys are going right next to Hawkinson in drafts. And I will definitely be taking them over maybe a good tight end. Probably not much better than the last one drafted. 
No, yeah, I don't have like much to add to that, but it's just like a classic case of like, oh, this guy was the number four or five tight end last year, so I'm going to take him out this year when it's like That's position exactly is a total crapshoot. Like, yeah. there's TJ Hawkinson has shown us nothing. All right, uh, Jacob wants us to mention Raheem Mostert. Um, I don't have anything to say about Raheem Mostert except that like that backfield is very crowded, um, and uh, you know they're probably going to take. Trey Lance is a rushing quarterback. And uh yeah, that's I don't have much to add about the moster. Oh, and he can't stay healthy. Let's be yes, honest. I was gonna say that as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Like he's explosive when he's on the field, but he can't last very long. Um, so as we close things out today, uh, we hope you consider these players. Jacob, we're we're really pleased you were able to join us today. We hope to have you on in future uh <laughs> in in future uh in future episodes um and we appreciate your insight uh and, and your takes on these players all right what, what do we got coming up next day all right so next week we are going to be doing a nfl draft first round reactions podcast and we might throw in some way too early super bowl picks who we think are going to make it to the super bowl i think that'll be pretty fun way to tie in the draft outcome with what it could possibly mean for uh the nfl season and it probably won't be very reliable. We'll have some official Super Bowl picks much closer to the start of the season, but I think it'll be fun to kind of see where we're at now compared to where we're at in you know July and August. So that's what we got so, coming for you. Yeah, you asked me that question about Super Bowl, and it, it did get me thinking because there's some obvious answers and then there's not some not so obvious answers. All right. Uh, again, you can find us at Fantasy Bible Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, give us reviews on the the you know the podcast venues. We'll answer any questions you have there. Jacob, do you want to give us like a lo-fi goodbye with your uh, computer, your shoddy computer mic? Is that possible? Okay, I don't know. Can you guys hear me right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, we can yes, hear you. Can. It, He's the, back. The might be like truly awful, but um, it's actually better. It is yeah. better. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Anyways. Um, well, you know, thank, thank you guys for having me. This was a lot of fun. Um, I'd, I'd love to, uh, in the future do basically like an opposite of this where you're just doing like guys that you think are going to do great relative to their ADP. Oh, we will be doing that. And yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Cause That's I'm just great... like, looking through this, like ratings list as I'm doing this, like the, the fantasy pros, like draft rankings. And there's just some stuff in here that is very, I just want to talk about it. I, I yeah. can't help myself. And that's the beauty of a podcast. We can just talk about anything and like seven people will listen. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. You guys have a good night. And if you're listening, have a blessed day. Yeah. Thanks for making it this far. See you next week. You know, Nathan, I didn't have it in my heart, but I... Like I did have Miles Sanders on my list. <laughs> I did too. He was going to be one want, of my top. I didn't picks. want to say it because I felt like it might actually like turn into a, like a half hour conversation. <laughs> yeah, All right. yeah, that's, that's fair. Also, what I thought. <laughs> I'm a huge believer in Miles Sanders. Right. Um, I didn't want to go there. The thing about Miles Sanders is he's one of those like in that next episode you're talking about. He's one of those guys that. Uh, is like being looked on as like, oh, this guy's washed. Like he's not going to do it because of the season he had. But if like you watched every Eagles game, like I did, you know that the <laughs> offensive line wasn't like like blocking for him the correct way. Nor could Carson Wentz 
hit like he was doing Carson Wentz was throwing like at the ground or five feet over Miles Sanders every single time. So it was like, I don't know. I just think he's going to be put into a position to succeed. Well, don't you think that Jalen Hurts just limits his upside? No, I think Jalen Hurts, like a rushing quarterback, like look at J.K. Dobbins, like it opens lanes for him because you got to put a spy on Jalen Hurts that isn't on Miles Sanders. Um, like not to mention that. Unproven though. I mean, I like J.K. Dobbins as well, but I still like, you're still taking a chance on him. We haven't seen him really produce yet. Oh, that yeah, that's fair. I just think that, uh, you know, like the rushing quarterback, like, okay, like Jalen Hurts isn't Cam Newton. Like he's not like a goal line rushing quarterback. He's more of like a, like eat up yardage kind of guy. Whereas like, he's not going to be vulturing as many touchdowns. Even Carson Wentz is more of a touchdown vulture because of his like massive build. Mm-hmm. Um, also Nick Sirianni, or at least the Colts offense, like run ran the ball way more than Doug uh, Doug did. So I'm hoping that that is a factor. So so let me let me list you off a couple names that are going past Miles Sanders and just tell me your thoughts on that. James Robinson. Past Miles Sanders, James Robinson. He is he is four picks behind Miles Sanders. I have him above. Miles Even Sanders. farther down, we have Chris Carson. I have him above. David Montgomery. I do not. And then, come on. And then Melvin Gordon. I have Melvin Gordon above Miles Sanders. Melvin Gordon no longer has Philip Lindsay. That might be the spiciest take I have is Melvin Gordon. No, I love that Melvin Gordon's like one of my number one value picks this year. Yeah, I think he'll rise as a back end RB. Isn't Melvin Gordon like 28? I don't care. He's still the RB1. Like, what the fuck? But like with Philip Lindsay gone. Yeah, I, it's just guaranteed volume on an offense that's going to be like obviously not great, but good enough for like solid fantasy production rel- uh, relative to like being the twenty second pick RB. Exactly. So that's, here's why we got we got to do this episode after the draft because if like the if the Broncos draft like Kenny Gainwell, who is like to me like an amazing round three four running back in the draft mm-hmm. from Memphis, like I, it's it's the draft is going to play a huge role i think in all of this oh yeah none of this none of this matters because of yes <laughs> yeah that is a very strong we're point. literally going to have to redo this episode in like july but that's yeah. okay like it's, hey we got to keep content. the content going yeah oh no there's i mean i feel like half of these picks are going to hold true like what was said about like jonathan taylor yeah or like kenny galladay like you know yeah, yeah. that will yeah. likely remain the same, especially if they draft a wide receiver. Especially, like, yeah, that's only going to get. Stronger. Why is that so projected? Like, I have I don't no get idea that. why that's. What projected. the fuck? They have a fantastic wide receiver core. Yeah, they have weapons. Like, don't buy another weapon and then draft. What do you? Do? I don't. Get it's that. because they're in a position to take like quote unquote the best player available, and a lot of times it's like a wide receiver mm-hmm. at that position. So it's like, do you pass up on Tyreek Hill to get like a like what? you know, like, I guess yeah. an offensive lineman who you'd be reaching on. Uh, it's just like, that's what makes the draft so hard is. I think they'll be taking Slater at 11 or Penny Sewell. If he goes second, I think, I think if Slater sure. falls that far. I would think for sure that they would be taking Slater. Yeah. yeah. But if well, that's what I'm saying, like, are they going to reach on Darisaw who's got some flags, you know, like, or, or are they going to reach on an edge rusher who, like, I guess if corner's there, they could take a corner. Yeah. I did have another honorable mention that, I, you know, it's not like a burning topic, but 
I have Will Fuller like down on my draft list because Miami is projected to take one or two offensive weapons in the first round. Like I don't see how Will Fuller is going to return value there. He's already guaranteed to miss week one. So you don't have a, a guy there. And I don't just, I just don't trust Tui yet. I don't think he's as bad as a lot of people think, but I don't, I don't, I don't see it panning out for Will Fuller like week to week. Yeah, well, like what made Will Fuller relevant was Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I have little interest in Will Fuller. Okay. As it often Especially just I... the kind of receiver he is. I, I see him being like profoundly boom bust on the Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. He's a take the top off the defense deep threat. Like he's very good when he's healthy and on the field, but I don't think he pairs well with Tua's skill set and willingness to throw the football. And I don't see him playing. So he's out the first week. I don't see him playing 16 games, probably 12 or 13. Like, I don't want him. What do you guys think about Kyle Pitts? Max was texting us about Kyle Pitts, and he was on my list. Of, like, I didn't get to him, but he's on yeah. my do not draft list. I, it definitely depends on where he goes. Absolutely. But he's, he's going to get overdrafted. Yeah. All mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's the, that's the issue, especially if he goes to Atlanta. Like, people are going to be taking him as, like, the third or fourth tight end. Fourth yeah. tight end. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't love him on Atlanta because they already have Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones. Like, okay, he's the third target at that point. Like, yeah. sure, he's going to be great in the NFL. I'll love to draft him probably next year, but I don't want him as a third target on offense, no. When has a first-year tight end ever been like that? That's the best point. It's like tight end is one of the hardest positions to transition because you're asked to do so much more at the NFL level from like a blocking standpoint. And, like, people say, like, oh, he's an ex-receiver. Well, if he was an ex-receiver, why didn't he play ex-receiver and get, like, 1,100 yards like an ex-receiver should? Why has he never broken 800 yards in his career? Like, I don't know. It, it, it's a weird situation. You know yeah. what he is? Is he's, like, the perfect guy to, like, if he underperforms this year relative to where people think he's going to go, like, hammer him in the draft next year. Yeah, and Dynasty. Yes. We've been talking about him big time in Dynasty as well. Like, Well, in Dynasty, he's got to be, like, a, what, like, top – a first round pick, I would think, in a rookie oh, yeah. draft. Yeah. I mean, I would draft him at, at the 103. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like for sure. Wait, so who do you have ahead? Like Trevor Lawrence? Like, no, Najee Harris. And I don't even know who might be second. Like, I might draft him second, dude. <laughs> okay. Wait, I don't, I don't understand. Um, I guess I don't understand Dynasty yet, but like, I would think. Kyle Pitts would have to go ahead of like a running back. Like you'd have to value a cast pet. Very well. It very no, well. because like, what if you could draft, draft Todd Gurley, you know, in his rookie season, and then you he's yours for the next five years. Or you could get, you know, Travis Kelsey, and he's yours for the next twelve years. Okay, so well, I mean, Todd Gurley is a bad example because he, yeah, like because he his career shelf, the shelf life of running backs is just shorter. I'd probably go Jamar Chase first overall, and then Najee Harris if he lands in a good spot, and then I would go Kyle Pitts. Unless Najee Harris does not land in a good spot, I'd probably go Kyle Pitts second. Like that's I do think wide receiver has a, a more commanding value in rookie drafts because he's going to be projected to play 12, 13, 14 years, and running backs are like six, right? Like, I mean, 12, 14, I guess that's fair to me. It's like Dynasty, you want to win as yeah. well. You yeah. know, so if I you can get that, a running I mean, back... That's like, a, like a preference of how you want to manage your team, really, I guess. That's what makes Dynasty beautiful is it's like the same as, an, like, do you want to maximize your chance to win in a short period of time or do you actually want to try and 
build a dynasty, quote unquote, you know? Mm.